Hey everybody, Bryce Kuhn here with another episode of Swarm Talk. Uh, tough, tough game yesterday. I think it's time to be brutally honest about where this Georgia Tech football program is on today's episode of Swarm Talk, brought to you by the Crowd of Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Booth with Bryce Coon. Well, let's cut straight to the chase here. No reason to beat around it. My name is Bryce Coon, the uh, Georgia Tech reporter for 24-7 Sports and GoJackets.com. Make sure to check us out over there because uh, you're going to want to stay tuned if you're a Georgia Tech fan to what is the latest happening around the program. Today's episode is going to be something a little bit different. Uh, we have been brutally honest on this uh, show. We have been realistic. Um, and I think that yesterday in Bobby Dodd Stadium was a real dose of the realism of where this program is. Uh, we're not going to take up a whole bunch of your time. We're going to cut straight to the chase. I don't think that there is any sense in beating what is already a dead horse. Uh, but we are going to uh, be real about what's going on with the Georgia Tech football program. Once again, this is the Crowd of Booth. Make sure to hit subscribe, set up the notifications bell. If you're a Georgia Tech fan, this is the All Things Georgia Tech show. We also, and my co-host uh, who's in the background, uh, Ralph Leary, he is a co-host with me on our regular show that's uh, programming all week long. We've got a nice little week three recap coming to you tomorrow. That is Monday. Today is Sunday, the day after the instant reactions uh, of yesterday's loss, 42 to nothing to Ole Miss. This is, this, I want to start off with this. This program has a lot of problems well beyond who's sitting in the head coaching position. Well beyond. That's a problem, and that's an issue in itself, but there's a lot of more problems with this program. And I want to start right here. I want to start with saying that the defensive side of the football is a mess, because it is. The Georgia Tech defense is no better than it was a year ago, and uh, the staff that was brought in was supposed to make it better. I want to read this off to you. Through three quarters... Ole Miss tallied over 500 yards with over 300 of them coming on the ground. They dominated the game of the line of scrimmage. They did what they want. They manhandled this Georgia Tech front seven. And really, Georgia Tech the entire time looked completely outclassed trying to stop it. Uh, Ole Miss was able to do whatever they wanted with the ball, and they were even you know, using the ball through the air to get some big plays. And truthfully, and I was told this, Lane Kiffin really didn't do anything special. I mean, there was they just kind of – I don't even think in the case of Ole Miss fans, yes, this is a big game. Jackson Dart played a fantastic game. But I don't know if you still really learned everything that Ole Miss offense is capable of because they didn't really have to do a lot against, uh, you know, what was going on on the field and on Bobby Dodd on Saturday. Uh, You know, there were some positives coming out of the Clemson game. Uh, I think Clemson's offense is really bad. but Georgia Tech just looked outclassed. Even last week against Western Carolina, that's a formidable offense. That's a really good offense they have. This is uh, one of the top offensive minds in all of college football, maybe in all of football, and Lane Kiffin. Completely outclassed, completely outschemed, and I think it starts with the front seven, who up until this point had been really, really good with their run defense. That was nowhere to be seen. Once again, over 500 yards of offense for Ole Miss in the first first three quarters. 300 of those yards were on the ground. And listen, give them credit. I mean, like, Ole Miss is a good team. You know, this is not uh, not a 42-0 loss to Duke. This is not a 42-0 loss to uh, Boston College. This is a really good team. But it's also a – I think it – 
it's a mid-tier SEC team, a mid to high-tier SEC. They're not quite in that top two, top three in the SEC. They're more probably in the four to six range. But it just completely, I think, showed the gap between where Georgia Tech's defense is and their ability to compete and contain against competent offenses. Um, look, they're going to, the rest of the way, they're going to really struggle, very, very much struggle. The front seven, we talked about Keon White having three sacks of the year. He's a great player. They're completely misusing him playing on the outside. I've missed, I said that a couple of times. At 292 pounds, why is he playing on the outside? You need to use him as an interior pass rusher. You look at the NFL, where does pass rush come from nowadays? It comes from the interior. Aaron Donald's the biggest, great, the best example of that. You need to use your guys that are good at pass rushing, bring them from up the middle. Um, another thing, I think, at the linebacking position, uh, Ace Ely, fantastic young man, a great, uh, you know, ambassador of the program. Uh, he had a, you know, a good game per se in, in this, you know, stat category. Uh, Charlie Thomas, who we talked about, probably the best player on the defense. Uh, completely, this is a group that's undersized and undermanned for the position. And I mentioned this, and people scoffed at it, but look, you. You played really good against a – you played solid against a, a bad Clemson offense, a Western Carolina offense that really wasn't equipped to play four quarters against you. Now you see what you do when you play a middle to upper tier college football team in the Power Five. This is what happens to you. This is exactly what happens to you. You can't shake blocks. You are completely bowled over because you are undersized to play the position. And in truth of that – you're undersized to play the position, but then your coaches don't help you because they don't scheme anything different. They do nothing different defensively. There's no changes made on the front seven to help you get in a better position. So it's not necessarily on the kids. I think it's more of a point towards the coaching, and we're going to talk about that later on in the segment. But staying with the course of the defense, and it gets to the most aggravating part, in my opinion, is the back, the, the, the back seven, the, the secondary. In what world do you preach transfer portal and depth and not use it. In what world does your defensive backs coach, Javaris Tillman, come up and say, Kenyatta Watson is our best cover corner? I didn't tell you that. Rod McKenzie didn't tell you that. Kelly Quinlan over at Rivals didn't tell you that. I wouldn't know. He blocked me. But the thing is, is that he went on record, the defensive backs coach, said, Javaris Tillman, that Kenyatta Watson is the best cover corner. Where is he? Where is he on the field? Why is he not playing? You keep your starters in, they're gassed. Spider Sims, Miles Sims, and Zamari Walton, great young men, even they're frustrated. You can't expect them to sit there and play the majority of the entire snaps of the game. Nobody plays football like that. Nobody just plays 13 guys per game on defense or whatever Georgia Tech's doing. All this depth and this competition is king on the defensive side of the football, and I'm going to get more into it. It's something to put on a T-shirt. Because never has it been actually utilized in this program, and especially on the defensive side of the football. You don't go into a press conference saying so-and-so, player X is our best cover corner, and he doesn't play against a team that likes to throw the ball. Now, we know Ole Miss ran the ball, but obviously Jackson Dart can throw the football, and Lane Kiffin, that's what they do. They move fast. Where was he? Why didn't he play? What's, what, what's the reasoning behind that? That's the question we'd like to get answered. Why do you say one thing and then it never happens? I think that's a really valid question for this fan base to ask the administration and to ask the current regime. Another thing with this, you've got some really talented kids on the back end, but you're playing them completely out of position. 
was also hearing a lot of chatter last night talking with some people. There's a lot of kids who were told they were going to be playing certain places back in the spring. Maybe they were brought into the portal. Maybe there were some changes made with the new staff. Those promises haven't been kept. Those roles have not been defined. So now you have kids who were told one thing six months ago, and now they're playing something else. Do you realize how toxic that is uh, for a kid? It's not fair to LaMiles Brooks. It's not fair to Caleb Edwards. It's not fair to Derek Allen. When you say one thing and then you don't fulfill, you don't put them in the best position. So this defense is an absolute mess. I don't know if there's anybody on the rest of the schedule they're going to be able to stop. You go down to UCF next week, I don't care what you say about Gus Malzahn and the inconsistencies they can show on offense. Georgia Tech's shown nothing on defense. They've shown they can't stop a wet paper bag. I mean, that, I, they can't stop anything on the defensive side of the football, so I'm not really sure what in the world you think going into this next game is going to change because this is not an overnight change with this defense. There are some structural issues. There are some uh, assignment issues. There are some personnel issues. And once again, it's not on the kids. As a kid, you may not have the ability to play that position. It's your coach's job to put you in the best position to succeed, and that's not happening on the defensive side of the football. Let's switch over and let's talk offense now because I think that this is something, too, that is really, really big, and I want to thank our sponsor, Section 103, for that. The offense is absolutely abysmal, and it starts with the offensive line. Brent Key was brought in from Alabama. He went on record saying that it was easier to recruit at Georgia Tech than in Alabama, but where's that been? Where Where's that at? You haven't developed one offensive lineman. Your best one, Jordan Williams, wouldn't surprise me if he got poached this upcoming offseason through the transfer portal from a mid-tier SEC school that wants some help, wants some depth. You've developed zero offensive linemen. You can't, you can't protect your quarterback. We're going to get that into a second, the whole quarterback position. And you're rolling out a group where you still – you act like you're rotating guards and rotating tackles. You don't have a defined starting five. You've got a center that in the first game of the season well, went viral on social media for not hustling, giving effort. I don't care if you don't have the ability. You've got to give effort if you're going to play on the field. This offensive line's abysmal. They can't block anybody. Now, Ole Miss, give them credit. That's a really good defense. They've done a very, very good job, uh, you know, building a defense where that wasn't their identity in years past, and especially under Lane Kiffin to this point. But this is a fundamental issue. Don't even worry about what Ole Miss did. I don't even care about the game because the game it wasn't a game you were supposed to be able offensively uh, to really do a lot against because people thought coming in, Ole Miss's defense may be better than the offense up to this point. But your offense made them look like you know the 85 Bears, the 2011 Alabama. And here's some salt in the wound for the Georgia Tech fans, the 2021 Georgia Bulldogs defense. You made that Ole Miss defense look like they're going to win a collective award as a group. Play calling, non-creative. Offensive line can't block anybody. Uh, let's go back to the quarterback position. Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims came out of high school as a very, very talented quarterback. Uh, obviously, we all know about flipping to, from Florida State to Georgia Tech. Kid is an extraordinary athlete. I'll go back to the competition is king. I'll question it on, on a second time. Why preach competition is king? Why do all of these things if you're never going to give someone else a chance? Zach Gibson, and I told you this, we had him on the show. When he transferred in, the kid's got a chip on his shoulder. And I'm telling you, I'd rather have a kid that's got a chip on his shoulder fighting for something than whatever the heck's going on in the field right now. Jeff Sims, an incredible, credible, talented, and athletically gifted, gifted young man. He can't do anything with this offensive line. 
But also, at some point, when he does make plays, you've got to question, is he the guy for the job? I'll tell you this, too. During the offseason, there were multiple options to go through the transfer portal and get some better potential better players, some people to really push Jeff Sims. Now, I don't know if it's a situation where Zach Gibson, Tyson Pumachon, and uh, you know Zach Pyron are really not pushing him. They're not there to that point. That's concerning on another level, not in Zach Pyron's case. He's a true freshman. But I do believe that – this is a staff and regime that went in the offseason, and we talked, heard about it. We're going to bring in Chris Winkie. We're going to do these things to help Jeff Sims. You passed up on quarterbacks in the portal because you wanted to keep Jeff Sims happy. How is that competition as king? How is keeping your current quarterback happy when what has he done to make him the guy? That's a serious question. And it's questions that nobody wants to have a conversation about or talk about until now when the pitchforks want to come out after a 42 nothing loss. At quarterback position, you got to have a real competition. What was the point of going up to Akron and getting Zach Gibson? What was the point of bringing in Tyson Pumachon, hoping you could develop him? If you're never going to give these guys a chance, what is the point of it all? In the Clemson game, what's the point of not putting Zach Gibson in? Yesterday, what is the point of not putting Gibson in to at least get some game snaps? Because I guarantee you when you do that, you devalue your ability to recruit in the transfer portal. Because now kids are going to say, well, if there's really no competition, what's the point? If you're going to center it around one person, okay, I get it. But you better be dang sure when you center your offense around a quarterback that he is the guy. And they missed badly on this one. Jeff Sims a talented young man, but he has not had the proper development, and that's once again on the coaching staff elsewhere he might have gotten it, to be able to be the quarterback and the talent that he has. Let's go to the running back room. Dante Smith, talented young man. Dylan McDuffie, I like the guy. He's just a little too slow on the outside. Offensive line can't block for him. They can't run the football. Uh, tight end wise, let's put a six foot seven guy out all the way outside. What sense does that make? You got normal fans watching saying EJ Jenkins needs to line up, put his hand in the ground, play tight end, and send him over the middle at six foot seven, 240 pounds. Send him over the middle and dare someone to try to take his head off. Nate McCollum, a fast, young, talented receiver. They've got the skill position. They've got some nice pieces. And I'll tell you this, even hearing this, Ole Miss was surprised. That defensive coaching staff was surprised at how bad Georgia Tech was offensively. Lack of creativity, lack of play calling, and a lot of people were saying, man, that previous offensive coordinator doesn't sound too bad now because where was the creativity offensively? A lot of you want to talk about, you know, oh, an off great offensive coordinator takes advantage and is able to correct mistakes. Where was that? Where was that? This, this offense is abysmal. I don't know if they'll be able to score over 20 points in a game this year against somebody unless they figure some things out or they just play someone who has a defense as bad as theirs. It's very, very interesting. I hate to say this. I think it's brutally honest, though, about where this program is. This offense has zero identity. They have nothing they can hang their hat on that says, hey, we may not be good at this, but we are good at that. That's just kind of where they are right now. They have no type of identity. And when you get into an offense that has no identity, you really run the risk of becoming obsolete and exactly what we saw against a good team. Now, look, I am not telling you. Uh, it's not bad, as we, as we kind of wrap up the offensive talk and we go into our last segment, it's not bad that you lost this game. I didn't think they'd win this game. Vegas didn't think you'd win this game. The Caesars Sportsbook had it at a 16, I think 16 and a half, 17-point favorite. But what's the most concerning thing to me is the way that you lost it. The way that you lost it. And that's why I think from top to bottom, priorities need to be realized with this program. What is our identity? 
what are we good what are we going to hang our hat on you know a lot of people want to talk about paul johnson but at least you knew what you were getting you knew what you were getting you weren't fooling yourself I don't think over the past four years an identity has been set. There's no Georgia Tech way. There's no standard of Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins said that in the press conference. That's not the standard. Well, what is the standard? What is the standard of this program? You look at the rest of that schedule, if they don't get things in a hurry and not from the player's perspective, I'm not throwing players under the bus. I'm throwing the developers and all these other things, and I'm saying, you're calling it into question. What is the point? What is the point of making these catchy slogans? What is the point of saying competition is king if you never really do it? Told you a couple, told you about a month ago, and a lot of you came after me and said, oh, no, it's better. Show told you. Absolutely told you. I'm not afraid to say it. I'll say I told you so. Competition is not king there. It hasn't been. It wasn't last year. It's definitely not this year. This program needs to really, really get their priorities realigned. Because right now, there's three cellar dwellers in the FBS. There's Nebraska, there's Colorado, and there's Georgia Tech. They're at that level. This isn't Georgia Tech from 1990 with Joe Hamilton. This isn't Georgia Tech with Tevin Washington. Heck, this isn't Georgia Tech with my good buddy Taquan Marshall. This is a program that is teetering on being obsolete, becoming a UConn, becoming someone that they don't even care to talk about with you when you're bad. I don't know if you realize this. The only reason people talked about Georgia Tech is because for two out of the last three weeks, they've been on national television. They've gotten embarrassed on national television two out of the last three weeks. And guess what? They're on ESPNU in Orlando next weekend. In Orlando next weekend. It's time to be brutally honest. It's time to rip off the Band-Aid. This isn't a well-run program. This isn't a great program. They don't have an identity. They don't do a lot of things right. They don't recruit. They don't seem to care about recruiting. I mean, you pulled in, and this is we had the visitors list over at GoJackets.com. You brought in a, on a day, and I was told this, on a day when Georgia played South Carolina and recruits had the chance to go watch that game, on a day when Auburn hosted Penn State in one of the biggest you know, out-of-conference games we're going to see all season, you still pulled a healthy group of recruits to Atlanta, and that's what they watched. That's what they watched. Look, you got to recruit to be good. you got to recruit and develop. And I've been saying that for the past year. There is Right now, there is zero evidence of being able to recruit and develop at this program. You want to be better, and this is the thing, you want to get better players? Well, you got to win. Kids don't want to come to a losing program. There's two things kids want in a program. Two kids. Two things kids want in a program. They want the opportunity to play at the NFL in the next level, and they also want to win while they're in college. It means a lot. Why do you think these elite programs do that? Don't compare yourself to the rest of this. Compare yourself to the rest of the ACC. I don't think you could look at another game on this schedule and say, conflict saying, we got a chance. Maybe Virginia, because Virginia's abysmal. Virginia's bad. You get them at home, but your kids are going to have to win it because it's going to be nothing on the coaches. And the problem is, is the longer that this goes on, the more at risk you are of losing the kids in the locker room. The more at risk you are of losing key pieces to the transfer portal. There needs to be a serious hard reset of this program. And I'll tell you this too. I have never advocated for a coach to lose his job, and I will not do that on this show today. But what I will tell you is that priorities need to be realized. You can take that what's, what it's for. This is a program that has zero identity. They cannot hang their hat on anything. And right now they haven't followed up on anything that they have said. These slogans, it's just good for a T-shirt. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean one thing. 
you feel for the players who pour their hearts out for this team, who go through and battle injuries, risk their career, and risk their also their health for this. Because they have been un- dealt an unfair hand. And it starts from the top down. And I'm not just talking about the football staff. I'm talking about from the top down. If Georgia Tech wants to be serious about football, if you want to have shows like this talking, if you want to see your name on a big talk show, if you want Late Kick with Josh Pate to talk about Georgia Tech, get serious. Get serious. Because on Saturday, you saw what a not serious program against a program that's serious about football. I didn't expect Georgia Tech to win that football game. My prediction on here was probably a lot closer than a lot of people thought. I thought they might be able to battle. I didn't really know how good Ole Miss was going to be. I thought they were good. Didn't know it was going to be that they were going to be that good. But you see the gap right now, and there is a large gap between the rest of Division One, and I'm telling you between FBS and FCS, and where where Georgia Tech is. They are a bottom rung program at the FBS level. That's where they are. This is a brutally honest show. We're, we're, I'm not holding anything back. We're not attacking. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But this is where they are as a program. That What happened on Saturday was completely unacceptable. The way that it happened. Not the result. The loss, a loss was inevitable in this game. Ole Miss is just a better football team, even if Georgia Tech had improved this year. They just are. They're better coach. Lane Kiffin is one of the better coaches in our sport. But I'm telling you right now, the way they lost that football program completely, that game, that game completely flat, nothing to show for it. That's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And the inability to want to make a change, what does that tell me? You don't care. You absolutely don't care. You can tell me, and I listen, I get it, the emotions, you care for the university, you love the school, you love the institute, all this stuff. Man, you don't, you don't make a choice, you don't make a switch, you don't make anything. You sit in a press conference and your defensive backs coach says, hey, Kenyatta Watson, second, it's our best cover corner. And his butt's on the sideline the entire game. Why is he not playing? Why has he only played 27 snaps for the first two weeks? And don't feed me that he's been hurt because he's had that cast off his hand for a while. Y'all didn't know that. This program's in serious danger of becoming so apathetic, they lose this fan base and they lose this program's attention as a whole. It was already trending that direction, and you folks wanted to, some of you wanted to argue with me about uh, other programs. Guys, you can't compare yourself to another program in the SEC. Vanderbilt is probably in a better spot where Georgia Tech is. This is a program right now. This is a football team right now. I don't know if I don't know if they can compete with the rest of the Power Five. And I'm thinking, that, and I'll tell you this: there's another team in that city that they're zero and three right now, but they might be able to light you up, light you up. A lot of you don't want to hear that, but it doesn't do me. It doesn't. It's a disservice not to be brutally honest with with this. We've grown a really a, a good fan base on this show of Georgia Tech fans, and I think we have to be brutally honest. This is a program that has no identity. There's no kind of calling card. The offense can't say, hey, we're good at the run, we need to develop the pass. The defense say, hey, we're a good pass defense. No, everything's bad all around. And you know what's one of the biggest telltale signs for me? Blocked punts. I respect Jeff Collins for not throwing a player under the bus. How in the world do you have three blocked punts in three games? 
You didn't have one in the Western Carolina game. You almost did. You almost had two yesterday. You only had one. You were lucky to only have one. This is this is a disaster. This is an abysmal mess. And the worry is through the rest of the season is how long can you let this play out? Now, if you go over to the board at 247sports.com, we've already detailed with you kind of what the thoughts are. I'm not going to comment on that on this show. It's not my place to. It's not my role to. We're not in the business of calling for head coaches' jobs. I'm just telling you that from top to bottom, priorities need to be realized from the president of the school all the way down. There needs to be a really hard look within about what you want this program to be. If you're fine being a 4-8 and eight program, if you're fine being a 6-6 six and six program, if you want to be a 10-2 program, decide what you want to do and do it. Because for the longest time, you were content with what you were doing. And that's okay. That's where a lot of fans want. But this program, this fan base has become so apathetic, they don't even care. I don't think some of you realize this. A lot of people have been calling to go get Jeff Munkin and run the triple option. You realize how crazy that sounds? You've become so apathetic about a program that you like, I just want to go six and six. I just want to go seven and five. I want to average seven wins a year. There's a lot of Georgia Tech fans that hate to hear that because they're proud of their program. They're proud of what their football history is. This is a program that can have success. I've said it on social media, the academic restrictions and some things do limit you in some sort of ways. And they do. That's a true statement. But this is a program that can have success. We've seen it have success. And I think what we saw on Saturday was a culmination on national television of an embarrassment of where this program is. And if I'm a donor, man, I'm embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed of the product that was on the field and the way it was coached, the way that it was controlled. Not the result. I don't think anyone gave you a chance against Ole Miss, and that's okay. But there's a real foundational issue with this program that they need to fix in a hurry. Or it is really, really teetering on the line of becoming completely and utterly obsolete. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is Swarm Talk. And listen, we're going to be doing a lot of shows. And I encourage you, if you want to stay tuned to this, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, this is the place to be. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Like I said, I cover Georgia Tech for 24-7 sports and CBS as well. Uh, This is our show. This is my platform uh, to get you some of this news. Subscribe to the channel. Hit notifications bell. And let us know in the comments below. I mean, what do you think this program needs to do? I imagine that I could tell you and feel what a lot of the answers are, but I also want you to be able to give your thoughts as well. I appreciate you watching. I appreciate you taking the time to click on our channel. And listen, it really helps us if you hit that like button right down there. Continue to grow the brand because it's an interesting time to be a fan on the flats. We'll see you later, everybody. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons